Good evening, Top Fans. It's Bill from Top Fan Rivalry here with another podcast, another fresh face in the clubhouse. Tonight, I got Tony, and I'm going to let Tony introduce himself and tell you his Instagram handle and a little bit of what he does. But Tony, welcome to the clubhouse. Howdy, howdy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So uh, so I found you on Instagram, but, mm-hmm. but tell me a little bit about your Instagram and what you do. Sure. Um, so I have an Instagram account. Uh, it's vintage dot underscore dot baseball. And uh, I just I post a whole bunch of baseball cards that I've been collecting. I've been collecting for about 40 years. And I just love seeing the old classic baseball cards and the old baseball players. And I try and take uh, take tours during through different sets. So I, I did a tour through the 1953 Bowman set. I'm currently wearing through the 63 Fleer set. And I try and take each card and talk a little bit about the player and, and what makes them worthy of having a baseball card named after them. Nice. I love that. I love that. I will, I will tell you that my wife and I have some traditions. And since we've been married every year, she buys me the tops set of mm-hmm. that year's baseball card. So I've got a few sets upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Great. I remember the first set I built was the 81 set. Cause I started collecting baseball cards in 1981. So I remember putting all those cards with those baseball hats on the front and the red backs on the, it just, it just brings such warm memories looking at those cards and smelling the gum stains and just (laughs) yes it does yes it does okay so baseball cards is one thing but who's your favorite team oh definitely the chicago cubs um i've been a cubs fan ever since the 80s um i was a latchkey kid Uh, my parents were divorced and so i had to had to let myself in in the afternoon and I'd turn on the TV and and the Cubs were playing all their games during the day at that time. They hadn't installed the lights at Wrigley Field. And and I just grew up with Harry Carey and uh, Leon Durham and Jody Davis and this uh, second baseman who was just coming up. His name was Ryan Sandberg. Uh, And so we kind of both came of age through those summers. And and I got to, I just remember watching the Cubs and, 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 being so happy when they finally made the playoffs in 84 and being so mad when they lost to the Padres that year. And just, it, it was, um, it was really something. And I, that team stuck with me and I've been a Cubs fan ever since. Listen, the Cubs made a lot of fans around the country with WGN with a lot mm-hmm. of kids like you that had some time on their hands. And back then they didn't have the lights up. So they were always playing day games. So you right. can come home from school and catch a day game. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. You're catching in the third or fourth inning and thinking, hey, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, I remember the the playoffs in 84. Um, I was um, watching the day games during the day, of course, because the Cubs were playing the playoffs uh, during the day for the home games. But the night games were always uh, in San Diego. And of course, being on the West Coast, I'm, I'm from Texas. So it was a two hour delay. The games didn't start until almost eight o'clock my time. And I'm lying in bed. And I actually had the transistor radio with the one ear piece, kind of like the spy ear piece in my ear, listening to it, hoping my mom wouldn't catch me listen. And oh my goodness, I was so upset when, when the Cubs lost that final game and just yeah, it's uh, your mom. You're, you're just praying that you don't yell too loud when they get a base hit or something. <laughs> and mom comes in. You're grounded. Exactly. That was exactly. worth it. The Cubs won. <laughs> yeah. And if the Cubs yeah. won, you know, at least the Detroit games would have been a little bit earlier in the day. So I wouldn't have to be in bed and hiding, but it yeah. didn't work out that way. Well, but you got, you got yours uh, in uh, 
not too long ago, a couple of years yep. ago, right? Oh, I, I stayed up for that as well. I was I was so groggy the next day when I had to go to work because I'd stayed up late for that game seven. But yeah, it was um, it was great finally seeing the Cubs win. Um, one of the things that I'm currently working on one of my projects is I was I'm doing the T206 Cubs. So I'm going through all of the, you know, because the Cubs went to four World Series in five years, the 06, 07, 08, and 10 World Series. And so the T206 um, cards for the Cubs, there's like 37 different uh, cards featuring like 17 different players. And it really features the heroes of those World Series teams. I mean, you've got Tinkers, Everson, Chance, of course, the great infield that they had back then. And then, of course, you've got uh, Mordecai Three Fingers Brown is also featured on those cards. So you got four Hall of Famers right there. Uh, just those are the real uh, expensive cards in the set. But the rest of the Cubs, um, they're they're not big names, and so they don't carry the huge price tags that some of those T206 cards do. And I love my cards in well-loved condition. So if they have dog ears or if they have tears or if they have pen marks on them, it lets me know that some kid loved them, and I can imagine them lying down on the floor and they're listening on the radio and they're, they're moving the cards from first base to second base as the players advance. And it's just, it makes me feel like those, uh, the people who are on those, uh, who have had those cards in the fifties and sixties and seventies are playing with them the same way I played with my cards in the eighties. Everyone's so much about condition. You know, it has to have four perfect corners. It has to have a mirror finish on the front. And it's like, no, I like, I like cards that have a little character to them. Have a little bit of love. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They, uh, it's funny that you mentioned Mordecai uh, Three Finger Brown because we did a, uh, we did a decades podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. Jackson and I did a decades podcast, and we mentioned Mordecai Brown, and it was, it was interesting because we did each decade every ten years, and it was interesting to see how many players have been forgotten mm -hmm. that were phenomenal players, but right. just, just this south, just this south side of. Of forgotten mm -hmm. right and so yeah, yeah the thing is if you're not a hall of famer then no one remembers your name and that's that's part of what i'm doing here you know the the fact that i can i can go in and bring up you know um, dean chance for the uh, angels or uh you know, just, just bringing up like the league leaders cards of the 1960s and the 1970s. Of course, you've got these Hall of Famers, but you've also got these people that the Hall of Famers were terrified of because they would win 23 games for their team or they'd throw 250 strikeouts. And, you know, you get these, um, these Hall of Famers talking about, oh, well, this pitcher was the pitcher I was most scared of when I was pitching. And they're like, who? It's yeah. like, yeah, these, these players were dominant in their field for five, six, seven, ten 10 years, but because they don't have HOF at the end of their name, no one cares about them. Well, and I mean, we've, we had a discussion too about a hall of very good. And there's, there's guys on the offensive side, there's guys like Steve Garvey, mm -hmm. uh, Doug DeSensei, Bobby right. Rich. I mean, these are guys that, that were really, really good, mm -hmm. but they, they get pushed back because they don't have the hall of fame status to them. I mean, if you, if you look at Lance Parrish, right. For Detroit, mm -hmm. yeah. you Ray know, catcher. You, mm -hmm. right. I mean, Leon Durham, you mentioned mm -hmm. Leon Durham at first base yeah, uh, for the Cubs. I mean, it, it's amazing how many of these guys we, we forget, but it's also fun when you're our age, yours and my age, right. Where we can remember these guys from the seventies and eighties and go, yep. Yeah, yep. exactly. And, and the thing is, you know, I, I pull out these cards and it's like, 
I, I go to I go to my local card stores and I'll go through their binders of their old stuff and I'm like pulling out these 1970s players and and of course the the 20 year old that's currently running the register if it's not shiny and it doesn't have a number out of number on the front he has no idea what it's worth you'll have to check the eBay comps and I'm over here pulling out cards from the late 70s to the mid 80s I'm like I remember this guy I remember this guy he's good he's good he's not a hall of famer but uh, he might be like on the Houston Astros Hall of Fame, or he might be on the Chicago Cubs uh, Wall of Honor or whatever. Um, you know, these these people that are just well-loved by the communities who, who don't necessarily have the name recognition to go nationally 40 or 50 years after they played. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love that because I, I'm the same way. I mean, you get, you get, you could probably, you and I probably could go through each team in the 80s yeah. Just pick any team of the eighties and pick two or three guys that when people hear their name, they're like, Oh, I'm Cecil Fielder, for example. Mm -hmm. Oh man, that yeah. guy could hit, mm -hmm. but nobody knows, you know, they don't talk about him because now they talked about Prince Fielder until yeah. Prince kind of fell apart. But I mean, same thing with Dante Burchette and, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know, guys like that. Right. I mean, obviously Biggio and, and Guerrero people remember, but Dante Burchette, people forget that, he yeah. was a great, great Rockies player. Yeah. yeah. Andres Galarraga. Um, I, I remember, um, you know, like I said, uh, Ryan Sandberg was kind of my big player when I was growing up, but my uncle, I have an uncle who's only five years older than me. So we're really more like brothers than uncle nephew. Uh, right. His big one was Dale Murphy. I was just going to ask you that. Okay. And then my younger brother, his big one was Don Mattingly. And mm -hmm. so you look at players like Dale Murphy and Don Mattingly who aren't, hall of fame caliber players but you know what they played just as hard and just as tough had the numbers that ryan sandberg did um but the, you know and the thing is murphy you know all of them had basically the same level of playoff inexperience just because you know the yankees didn't have the great teams in the mid 80s to the early 90s um the braves kind of started off getting a little bit better as they got later in the 80s but, but but certainly not in murphy's prime and so you know you you look at those players and it's like those are the names that are going to be forgotten in 20 years because people like us are going to be in the nursing home trying to trying to convince our grandkids that these were great players if you ask me the biggest the, the players that played in the 80s, just I'm, I'm talking, they could have had their career in part of the 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you want to talk to me, the three biggest Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame people that were overlooked, you mm -hmm. mentioned two of them and I mentioned the other one. So you have yeah. Steve Garvey, Dale Murphy, Don mm -hmm. Manley. Right. Because when, when you look at those guys, tell me when you're a Cubs fan, tell me when the Dodgers are playing the Cubs that you mm -hmm. wanted to see Steve Garvey at the plate. Yeah. You didn't. Or no, you didn't. Or Steve Garvey in the 84 playoffs. I mean, exactly. he hit that home yeah. run. Mm -hmm. Right. Dave Trebecki <laughs> is another name that comes up. Um, uh, Bruce Suter. I think Bruce, Bruce Suter's yeah. in the Hall of Fame, but um, he's he's one of those players that people look at and is like, huh, you know, or, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of the the real, uh, Steve Bedrosian is another one, um, just really dominant players in the era that, no one remembers their name because they didn't get the hall of fame or they didn't get the rings or they didn't get whatever. It, it, I mean, I'm in orange County and people know that and I'm a Dodger fan and that's pretty well known, but I have to tell you, I think it's hilarious how many people that are 
I'm going to say now ages 35 South mm-hmm. that when Mike social was playing, when Mike social was managing the angels that people didn't know he was a catcher for the Dodgers. Right. And he was a great backstop, mm-hmm. right? He's the guy that got ran over. He was the Jody Davis. He was the right. guy that exactly played the game. Right. So, well, the thing is Don Mattingly's uh, managing right now. And there's a lot of, a lot of kids. I say anyone under 25 is a kid, but there's a lot of kids who are like, why is he was he was a good player it's yeah. like you know they they figure that he was some guy who just sat on the bench and took a lot of notes and that's why he's a great manager it's like no he was a great player and a fun fact that most as you say kids 25 i'll even extend it up to 35 that people don't know there was a guy that was an all-star at three different positions that mm-hmm. never made the hall of fame and by golly should get in do you know who that is Three different uh, positions. Goodness. As soon as you mentioned the name, I'm going to recognize it, but I can't think of it right now. Joe Torrey. Oh, yeah, of course. Joe Torrey. Great I mean, player in the 70s with uh, just... Catcher, third base, first base. Yeah. I mean, and, and people think of him, oh, he was the manager of the Yankees. No, ask your dad. He was a great player. Yeah, he was, he was a fearful hitter. He was someone you were scared to go up against. I don't care, and, you know... I, I think of like J.R. Richards or Fergie Jenkins, uh, right. other players who, you know, they're getting a little bit of a do now, but I mean, during the seventies, they were terrifying to play against. Yeah, no, it, yeah, exactly. Right. And it Tanana was maybe another one. Yep. Yeah. No, it's all these guys that we get missed. Okay. So who's your favorite player? We've mentioned a bunch of players, but. Oh, Ryan Sandberg, definitely. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I have to tell you, I have a weird affinity for second baseman that play the game right mm-hmm. um and ryan sandberg's that guy uh, I'll, I'll just be honest i think not only did he play the there's other second baseman out there there's guys like um dustin pedroia had he had mm-hmm. been injury free enough of his career i mean you didn't hear sandberg going out and getting himself in trouble he just showed up played the game right left the yeah. park played with the kids he loved it so Awesome. Okay, so let's move from let's move from you as a as a fan to places that you visited, MLB parks that you visited. Count them down. I have never been to an MLB park when a team was playing there. Really? Uh, the the only park that I've actually been to was uh, the Astrodome. Oh. And I went to the Astrodome during the '81 strike because oh. my family went to Houston. We had a we had a vacation planned for Houston because we were, I'm in San Antonio, but we went to Houston and the strike happens. And of course the, that year was weird because the strike happened in the middle of the season. So you had the two halves of the season. Yep. And so it's June. I planned on going to an Astros game there and no, there wasn't any Astros game. And this is back when the Astros had Ryan and Mike Scott and just great pitching there. Yep. Um, but you know, it was, it was kind of frustrating. So that's the only major league park that I've ever been in. Okay. Um, and of course the team wasn't playing at the time, which was very frustrating. Okay. So that's the case. Let's just say, for example, you had a month off and mm-hmm. there was unlimited resources. It didn't matter. And yep. you had the time and the means give me five ballparks that you'd go to. I definitely go to Wrigley field, uh, of, of course, because of the Cubs. Um, I'd probably go to Dodger stadium. And the reason is because San Antonio and Los Angeles have a huge connection, uh, San Antonio minor league team, uh, the Dodgers 
our team was literally named the Dodgers during the 70s and the 80s. Uh, got to see Fernando Valenzuela play, got to see Steve Sachs play, got to see Orr Horsheiser play. Um, just so many great players that came through in the, the late 70s to the 90s. Um, I wouldn't mind going to Boston and seeing, uh, you know, Fenway Park. Um, I wouldn't mind going to Seattle and, and seeing, the, seeing it up there. That's just another great place. And then I'd probably want to go to St. Louis just because that was, my dad was a St. Louis Cardinals fan and I was a Cubs fan, but have great respect for the team. I mean, if you look at them historically, they're just a dominant team. Um, And of course, you know, I'm, I'm going to be rooting for the Cubs as they play in that park, but Mm -hmm. I'd still love to see it. There's a lot of uh, baseball history dealing with uh, St. Louis and, and, you know, St. Louis, one of the original 1876 franchises. Um, So definitely those, those would be the ones that I'd pick. Great list. And it, I would have loved to sit on the couch when you were a kid, when the, the uh, Cardinals and, and Cubs are playing and you're watching on WG. (laughs) Um, Well, I remember, I don't know if you remember the Sandberg game, what they call the Sandberg game. This is like a, it was 84 is during the playoff hunt and they're oh. playing in the game. Sandberg goes five for six in the game. Yep. And uh, he has a couple of home runs. I think he, he was like a, a triple away from hitting for the cycle. Um, and the thing is you're talking a game where, where Bruce Suter comes in and, and pitches relief against the Cubs after just having played with the Cubs played with the Cubs, and, uh, just so much drama and this was an NBC game of the week back when being on NBC meant something. Right. And um, so I got to see that game. And so anytime the Cubs played the Cardinals, I was, I was riveted. Yep. I have to tell you those stadiums that you picked phenomenal. I have, um, I'll tell you my Wrigley story in a second. Obviously I've been to a Dodger game. I've, mm-hmm. I've been to, Probably in my lifetime, I've probably been to 300 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, I've been to Fenway, not when they were playing. We took the tour. Um, we took a tour. It was during the playoff push where they won the last World Series. And mm-hmm. they were away, but you could pay like 18 bucks, and they could get it to the Visitors Clubhouse. And right. I recommend it. You get to Boston, do the tour. Go to a game, but do the tour. Um I have I've been by the stadium in Saint uh, San, uh, Seattle, but I haven't right. been inside. Um, so you you will appreciate this. A number of years ago, and I want to say this is maybe two thousand nine or ten. Um, I'm out meeting with no, it's a little later than that. It's about two thousand eleven. I'm out meeting with a client out in Chicago, and I fly out. I schedule a couple of client meetings, but I fly out for this specific client meeting. This is the big Kahuna. Everything else is just kind of icing on the cake type thing. And so I call this guy up, and this is back when you, they had the, the GPS systems. You could rent them from, uh, from Hertz rental car, and you had to mm-hmm. plug them in. And, and so this guy calls, you know, I call this guy up, and I said, I'll be there. It's a 10 a.m. meeting. I said, I'll be there in 15 minutes. Uh, you know, how's parking? It looks like there's not a lot of parking. And he says, I totally forgot you were coming today. Can we meet next week? I'm like, no, you know, I flew in from California. <laughs> so he says, okay, meet me at 1.30. So I'm sitting out in front of his place, and it's not in the best part of Chicago. So I look, and I think, where do I want to go? 
Elwood Blues falsified his renewal. He put 1060 West Addison. So I put 1060 West Addison in my thing. Went right to the stadium, went right to Wrigley Field, walked around. It was great. My wife was laughing. She's like, how did you remember that? I said, who has not seen Blues Brothers 100 times? Exactly. Right. You know, the thing is, what's what's great about what's great about Wrigley is that it's it's in the middle of the city. It's surrounded by the people. It's not some concrete island 20 miles away from the city center this is you know i i I still remember seeing the people just sitting in the back of their apartments and stuff like that or sitting in the back of the restaurants just watching the game overlooking the field it's just yeah it's uh it is a stadium to i've never been inside of it but it's they've got a, a bunch of fun like um souvenir spots and stuff like that right outside of it it's amazing so mm-hmm. 160 West Addison. Thank you, Elwood Blues. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final question for you, my friend. So we got the season started. We're give or take 50 to 55 games in. Depends on, you know, your team, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me what Tell me what you're excited about this season with the Cubs. I mean, we there's plenty of negatives to talk about with every team. Yeah, but. well, it's... It's it's rebuilding year. We lost so many people last year with the trades and stuff like that. But hope springs eternal. I I've been a Cubs fan and I've seen horrible seasons before. But you always find something good to come out of it. You you get to see, um, you know, someone like Mark Grace come up. And there's another name that people won't think about, but it was a great first baseman for the Cubs. Um, you get to see someone like Kerry uh, Wood come up and just you know just casually pitch a 20 strikeout game just just because um and that's really what's great about baseball it's 162 game season so a lot can happen and those miracles happen all the time and you get to enjoy something happening you get to enjoy watching someone hit an inside the park home run or you get to enjoy someone watching uh you know just um going for the cycle or or coming around to bat twice in an inning and there's just something about seeing those young players come up and and being able to relive your youth and and that's what i'm hoping for i'm hoping i'm going to see a few uh young players from the cubs build up they've always had a real strong farm system they've always had you know been able to bring in uh homegrown people and that's what i'm looking forward to i I couldn't agree with you more whenever you're in rebuilding years, it's fun to watch these people. And it's fun to say, you know, that guy was a cub or that guy started here, but boy, he mm-hmm. sure is a cub or a Dodger or brave or whoever the yeah. team, is. but it's, it's fun. It's it. Trust me. We, we had some lean years in LA in the nineties and early two thousands where the play, we couldn't even spell playoffs, much less get even close to it. And so, I think there were years where we mathematically eliminated by Memorial Day. And so we're, we're looking going, better luck next year. Mm-hmm. So. Well, just just enjoy the year that you've got. And, and of course, rivalries are, you know, when you're in a rivalry with someone, it doesn't matter what your record is when you're going to that rivalry is that your teeth are bared and you're going to go for blood and you're going to slide a little harder into the bases and you're going to pitch a little bit tighter inside when you're going up against a rival. And so okay. that that's something you can look forward to. Uh, inter, inter, interleague play is another good one. You know, you get to see a team that you haven't seen for three or four years come to play at your squad. And 
So, I mean, there's, there's lots of things to look forward to when you don't have the playoffs to look forward to. Yeah, no, I agreed. Agreed. And you always have Cardinals and Cubs, right? And mm -hmm. honestly, you also Cincinnati played you guys well in the seventies and early eighties. So you always Cincinnati, got that. Um, the Mets, surprisingly, uh, a lot of people don't think about, you know, they think about the 69 miracle Mets, the Cubs were neck and neck with them for most of that season. That was supposed to be the Cubs year. And I mean, that was really uh, Ernie Banks last chance to make the playoffs and never got a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, Tony, you have been a fantastic guest. Thank you so much for joining the clubhouse. Well, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate Hope you enjoyed this. We're going to get you back on when we have uh, uh, definitely when we're talking hall of fame versions, you got to come back on. Mm -hmm. We can have some conversations, but we got a couple of guys that are huge Cubs fans too. So we'll get you on when we do a Cubs version. This would be fun. Sounds great. Tony, thanks so much. Top fans, tell us what we missed. You're going to see it on Instagram. This will drop in a couple of days. As you're listening to it, you're thinking, Bill, it already dropped. But hey, listen, follow Tony's Instagram page. He's got fun stuff on there. Uh, take a look, make comments, uh, tell us what we missed. And Tony, we'll have you on real soon. Awesome. You take care, Bill. Thanks for the time. Mm -hmm.